Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this episode we watched Shrek 2 and Get Out. Which are the same movie. <laughs> how, how would you like to start? Do you want to, you want to justify that? Because this is a fun episode, correct? Yeah, this is a fun episode. I'd, I'd actually like to start, my, my very first thing I'd like to say is... If you haven't seen Get Out, stop listening to this episode. Go watch Get Out. Yeah. Um, Shrek 2, I also would recommend. <laughs> but uh, but I don't think we're going to say anything in this that will ruin your experience of Shrek 2. Whereas um, I fully, wholeheartedly endorse going into Get Out totally blind, knowing yeah. nothing about it. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. I think... You should watch Get Out. It's a good movie. It's, it is a horror movie, so I know some people don't like horror movies. Um, but it's an incredibly well-made movie. Incredibly well-written, well-directed, well-acted, um, well-shot and edited. It's just everything about it is is fantastic. Um, it's one of very few horror films to have been nominated for Oscars and won Oscars. Um, yeah, just, just bef- if you haven't seen it, before you do anything else, watch Get Out. Uh, it's currently on Netflix here in New Zealand. I don't know if it's on Netflix elsewhere or where you get it, but um, find it and watch it. Buy a DVD, buy a Blu-ray. Well, it's worth right. it. Um, what I was going to say is, um, <laughs> the podcast I listen to the most is um, the the horror random gen- number generator number nine podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the on, on an approachability scale which which jeffrey uses all the time at the end of the movies when they rate them um it is more psychological horror there is very there is a little bit of blood and guts but it's very minor so if you are horror versed it's not a movie that would scare you out of your seat or make you feel physically ill it is yeah it is psychological more than i mean i find that more scary but I also yeah. like it. I really like psych- psychological thrillers, psychological horrors. Yeah. But it is, yeah, it is, I mean, it is going to freak you out. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, it's it's a horror. It yeah. is a horror. Yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. debating that. I'm just saying from an <laughs> approachability scale, it's a little bit more approachable than... Yeah, it depends. Like, if you're, if you're afraid of, if what you're afraid of are jump scares or, you know, you don't like supernatural horror stuff, it's not quite in those veins. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's intense. Um, anyway, we can go into the movies now. So you want me to justify these being the same movie? Yeah, just for the audience. Um, I already know, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. So these are the same movie. Um, Jordan Peele is obviously a big fan of Shrek 2 and decided to write his own <laughs> fan fiction. Um, so these are both films about a, a couple where the uh, they're both heterosexual couples. The, the male person in the relationship um, is... Well, they're, the couple are going to visit the female person's um, family, her parents... And the male in the couple is a different race to the parents and is concerned that they're not going to get on well because of this and also because the parents haven't been told that he's a different race. They go there, there's an awkward family dinner, there's some tensions where people don't quite know how to handle his race, um, and ultimately he finds out, spoiler alert, um... We've already got a spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, but I'm just, just in case they haven't tuned out yet. Uh, ultimately, he finds out that the parents, or at least one parent, uh, is conspiring to have a white man steal his identity. Yeah. <laughs> this is the plot of both these movies. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that are the same. They both have stuff to do with um, mind-altering things, and they both have stuff to do with appearance-altering um, like I mentioned, there's the awkward family dinners. Um, they both are sleeping in their partner's uh, childhood bedroom and can't sleep and find um, that they're kind of disturbed by stuff in the room from her childhood, etc., etc. There's a there's a lot. There's the same movie. Yeah. So where do you want to start in 
actually talking about a specific movie, one or the other. Um, I'll start with Shrek 2. A perfect movie. Um, so we get the introduction to one of the the most popular characters from the franchise, which is Puss in Boots, played by Antonio Banderas. He's so good. Um, and at that point in time, I realised I was watching a D&D party. <laughs> because you have uh, Donkey, who's the bard, um, and... Puss in Boots is a rogue. Yeah, Puss in Boots is 100% a rogue. And um, Shrek is the, the barbarian character. And the main point in time, which is a running joke in any DMD memes, which is that the bard rolls a check to seduce the dragon. Which we all know canonically, Donkey is in a relationship with a dragon named... Did you know that a dragon has a... Do I I know Shrek? Things that you don't know. What's the name of the dragon, I don't Lisa? Know. I don't it's Elizabeth. Oh, really? It's yes. Elizabeth. And the moment he passes out after drinking the potion, she becomes a Pegasus. Is that what you're gonna say? No. Before what? No. He says oh, Elizabeth, oh, oh, oh. I'm coming, and passes out. But he's not talking about the dragon. That's the name of the dragon. Where did you get that? That's the name of the dragon from that quote. No. Because that quote is a reference to something else. The name of the dragon is Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Well, that's handy. Yeah. And there is there is a running fan theory that the dragon used to be a, a person. Okay, um, the dragon does turn into a Pegasus when he takes the potion. How do you know that? Is it on a, one of the weird straight to DVD special edition? Um, apparently, they actually she actually had a much bigger part in the initial cut of the film, and uh, but it included her being like really moody, grumpy because she's pregnant. Um, they hint at it because at the beginning Donkey's, you know, been kicked out or whatever. And he's like, oh, oh, you know, she's just really moody lately. Um, and then obviously at the end of the film we find out that she's had little, little Donkey Dragon hybrid babies. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they originally had her in the film much more and she becomes a Pegasus at that point. But, um, test audiences were like, actually like terrified of, of moody pregnant dragon. So they just cut her from most of the film. Here's a question mm-hmm. that everybody's wanting to know, and mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you. I am everyone right now. How did... How did... No, okay. that, we're not going to get into... The... I thought that's what you were going to ask no, me. No, no. put me on the spot. Do you reckon that she laid eggs? Ooh. Because they come out as half reptile, half mammal hybrids. It's interesting But because... then when you throw magic into the mix, like, biology was the biology. I want to say no. So she. I think she did live births. So she only because of the like like, pregnancy thing. She mutated like the alien from Resurrection. Because I don't think she would have been pregnant for as for the whole duration of the film, if she was laying eggs. Right, because they would have spent most of the time outside, of her body. It's true. So I think she. I think she live birthed them. It asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, I don't... Because I know there's a bunch of snakes that can do that. Mm. But, like... Did... I thought dragons laid eggs. That's the whole thing about dragons. They lay eggs. So that would probably fall into the theory of that she wasn't... A, a, a dragon? A dragon, originally. She is a true dragon, yeah. though. I don't know if, she's a, if she was a human before, then. So you reckon mm-hmm. it was just like another animal that could turn into a dragon? Maybe she was a donkey. Maybe that's why she finds donkey so attractive. No, because donkey used to be a person. Yes, donkey did used to be a person. Yeah. But then why does he turn into a horse rather than a person? Because the whole thing about the donkeys I mean, on Donkey is, Island... This is, is a theory. Figure. This is a theory that we... It's not a theory. It's not confirmed by... It's not confirmed canon that donkey was a person, but it's a, it's a strongly held theory that he was one of the boys. Yeah. Um, they go to the island that, of Pinocchio. Yeah. Yeah. And became a donkey. Yeah. But the whole thing is, is that like, how long do you spend in, a, in another animal's body before you forget? Yeah, but the, what I'm saying is the magic potion would have known. You know what I mean? The potion turned Fiona into a human. Though I suppose Shrek 
Shrek probably was thinking Shrek wanted to be human, I guess. Yeah. So, mm. And he just wanted to be handsome. Yeah. Yeah, if you've read any fan fiction by horse girls. <laughs> <laughs> or if you played um My Horse Boyfriend. Oh, know. Jesus. What um, is wrong with people? <laughs> um... Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, because I, I imagine then Donkey or uh, Dragon became also a horse because Donkey became a horse, but because she's still fundamentally, you know, enjoys being a dragon, that's probably why she became a Pegasus, so she still had the wings. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the potion works. It just gives you a happily ever after. Gives you beauty divine, as Puss says. Yeah. So, technically, if Possum votes to drink it, he would just stay the same, because cats are adorable. True. And he knows he, he knows yeah. he's adorable. Yeah, because he's the rug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've gone on off a tangent, which is fantastic. Love tangents. Gotta love a tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to mention the fact that if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know this episode has a sponsor. That's true. Okay, we're getting into the sponsor straight away. Well, as well. Yeah. So our sponsor is the same sponsor as last week, uh, photorestorenz.com, spelled with an F for those people. And uh, I haven't done it yet at this point, so I'm going to do it when the previous episode is released and we're recording the past. But by the time you're listening to this episode... We're recording in the past. (laughs) When is now? By the time that you're listening to this episode, uh, I will have posted um, examples of the photos that I got back on the Discord, because I've got those back now. Yeah. Um, So you'll be able to see, if you join our Discord server, you'll be able to see um, before and afters of photos that I sent through to photostorenz.com. With an F. Yeah, with an F. Photo with an F. So F-O-T-O... Or e s t o or e n z dot com. I realized after I spelled photo that I had to like keep spelling. Yes. Um, <laughs> photo restore nz dot com. Uh, if you use the promo code, it takes two, all one word. Uh, you will get twenty five percent off. Yeah. I I went to say it and then I was like, I don't want to promise something that's incorrect. Twenty five percent off your order. Um, and they are yeah, they're they're pretty. Pretty darn good value, I would say. Um, so even better value if you've uh, if you've got your twenty five percent off. Yeah. Um, so um, it is it is the new year for you, not for us. We don't you don't know when we are. Time travel. We're recording this in twenty eighteen, and. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Buy stock and hand sanitizer and face COVID? masks. Um. Uh, you just like completely blanked my brain. Um, so going over the fact that they can now currently see, but to help with the end, what was your experience? Like, what were you happy with the result? Um, yeah, <laughs> I see. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here. I gave a selection of very badly damaged photos just to see because um part of what this is is an ai software essentially you know fixing and um potentially colorizing photos so um some of them are very clearly done by an ai if you know if you know what i mean um but it was like you can see um it's it's really interesting because i've gotten back like every stage of the um of the the restoration so there'll be i'll get i have like versions where it's been slightly enhanced versions where uh cracks have been removed things like that um and some of them are are like amazing um, like shockingly good because i sent them some that were like ridiculously damaged but there is like one photo uh, and I think it's funny, and the the uh, the owner or one of the the uh, the the co owner of the company got in touch with me to be like, "Do you have a better scan of this picture?" <laughs> <laughs> um, because, and I understand why, because uh, one of the cracks was on the face of me as a child, um, and the AI did not know how to restore it, and my <laughs> face looks like a monster. Um, but that's on me giving an incredibly damaged photo just to see what it would do. Um, but there's other ones that were like, I thought that it wouldn't be able to fix at all, that it's done an amazing job with. And, um, 
it color I got colorized photos um of my grandfather with his father and grandfather and it's like frightening to look at it looks it's so good it looks like it was taken recently yeah um when it was a very fuzzy black and white photo um i showed it to my mom and she was like totally amazed by it um yeah so it was really 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 interesting selection that i got back uh but i had sent them i really tested their uh <laughs> their software I'll, I'll put i hadn't planned on putting the uh the super damaged one in in because that was more just for my for my fun to see what the AI would do, but I'll put it in after this episode um, so people can have a look at what I'm talking about. Um, mm. The one that, because it's like literally in the picture that I sent them, there's like huge chunks of the picture missing that the AI has filled in and done a really good job at being like, mm, I think this is supposed to be a human face here and I think this is supposed to be a whatever. Um, and it looks really good. So it is a bit late for uh, Christmas. But if you were like us and went through a bunch of family photos during that time, uh, think about your parents, think about family members, you know, dig through those old shoeboxes in the top of closets around your, your family home, find some photos that you think your, your family members or you have lying around that you'd like to get restored because um, in this digital age, it is much, much better to have things restored and, and saved digitally and obviously with printing services you know you mm. just get them reprinted and i know without having negatives and even the negatives being not that greater quality and you know you've got the ability to take photos that weren't as nice at the time and make them better now and it's, and it's fantastic so yes 25 percent off with our uh yeah and they can do colorization of black and white photos they can do repairs of of damaged photos that are scanned and they can do um enhancements of um of digital photos that have been compressed by social media or uh whatever whatever you know yeah. if you've got if you've only got a, a a bad copy of it or even if it's a photo um that is as good as it ever was but it's but it was blurry and you wish that it was crisper yeah um yeah some pr- pretty pretty interesting result that i was i was very excited to get them back talking of crisper um that's gene editing software for the people that don't know. Uh, back to the movies. Um, the point that I'd like to make is uh, Get Out has a very... Um, obviously, they, they were... Some of the characters we know... Well, some of the actors we know now have like blown up since the movie came out. Mm. But like, the, I will say one thing about a genre of movie that I don't particularly enjoy personally, like they're not in in my, you know, wheelhouse of things that I enjoy. But man, do these animated movies pull like massive high-end voice acting casts. Yeah. Like, you know, despite Mike Myers being, his career's kind of gone down the toilet because he should have stayed behind a microphone instead of in front of a camera. But, um... Or just not had creative direction. But um, the you've got John Cleese, you've got... Um, Julie Andrews. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Saunders. Yeah. Perfect. Rupert Everett. Antonio Banderas. Nick yeah. Devore, Eddie Murphy. Cameron Diaz. Returning, reprising their roles. In the first film. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's an ongoing thing that it really helps was obviously with the the box office and it also gives you know um because i think especially in the western market the voice acting being taken seriously as acting is we we as westerners we really don't appreciate it um you know in japan when you go to those big conventions and things the voice actors for beloved characters are as popular as someone who would have played somebody on television or somebody in a movie. Yeah. Um, and I think in the West, most people, other than like you could name like a, a, a fingerful um, or a handful, most people don't know voice actors very much. Mm. Which is a shame because it gives people who um, may not be getting the love that they deserve. Like, there is no other Joker 
um, animated other than Mark Hamill for me. Yeah, it's interesting um, that you bring up Mark Hamill's Joker because I think Mark Hamill is a very good example of an actor who, in live action things, is very much known as one character yeah. and couldn't get work because people want only see him as that one character and then he gets a whole other lease on acting from, from voice acting and there's a few people who've done that similar thing. Um, yeah, there's a few people who are really, really good voice actors who have had careers in live action. Wow, well, I just had a crazy memory that's stored in my brain. Um, talking of the what you said about Mark Hamill and, and Luke Skywalker, yeah. I remember overhearing a conversation in regards to the Matrix. Mm -hmm. So this is 99 yep. when the Matrix came out. And someone was like, I'm not going to go see that. Why would I want to watch the guy from Bill, Bill and Ted, Ted. Yep. try and do Kung Fu? And I was just like, yep. you could not say that about Keanu Reeves now because like, <laughs> other than the fact, if that reboot, like not reboot, the, the, the newest one hadn't have happened, mm -hmm. there'd be an entire generation of people who have no friggin' clue about Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny. But, and yet Mark Hamill, though, most people will still think of him as just Luke Skywalker. Yeah, which was a shame because of what they did to him in the sequel yeah. series. But we won't get into stuff. But like also that because he's a fantastic voice actor. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people in the world who don't even realise that that's something that he went into. Yeah. Um, but he's absolutely stellar at it. Yeah, and we we just lost Steve um Steve Blom, Steve Blom, who was who was a very good Batman. Um, but you know we won't get into what post production did to um Christian Bale, because <laughs> it wasn't him, it wasn't him, guys. There's proof. Um, there's evidence, man. Uh, back to the movies we're supposed to be talking about. Mm. The what is the negatives between these because I normally tend to focus on these. Sorry, I'm think I'm I'm doing thought process out loud. You're trying to think of what's bad about these films. I, I, nothing. I, they're both perfect. Okay. That's there's nothing. Bit, that's a bit aggressive. There's nothing wrong with either of these films. These are perfect films. <laughs> At least it's top ten. Yeah. Um. Just just then. So that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't convince me otherwise. They're the same movie. Yeah, Get and Out is fantastic. It really shows like the um, the ability to write something original in a way that will appeal to a larger audience who wouldn't like because it takes us to sit here and go. They're the same movie, but like, <laughs> then most people would be just like Shrek Two, okay, and then like, oh, Get Out, yeah, there was there was like a really good horror movie, but like, do you know what Get Out was? That what the the whole plot of Get Out was inspired by? Like, why why Jordan Peele wrote it? No, go on. He was inspired by a piece of stand up by Eddie Murphy. Interesting. AKA Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a bit of stand-up where Eddie Murphy joked about horror films and, um, he said, why do white people not leave their house when there's a ghost in the house, you know, and he said, uh, if a black man was being shown a beautiful house and heard a ghost whisper, get out, then he would immediately tell his wife, we can't stay here and, yeah. and leave. Yeah, there's, it, <laughs> there are so many memes about, and just for the horror movie genre in general, it's just like, here is a location which 17 families were brutally murdered, and then the white people were like, moving in! <laughs> um, yeah. It's interesting because I think I brought this up in a previous episode. Oh, yeah, it was uh, the, the black, was it black phone? The black phone, yeah. I only removed that because I listened to um, the episode that... Um, Cecil and Jeffrey did recently. Okay. Well, it wasn't recently, but they did the black phone. And mm -hmm. I was just like, wait a second, I've seen this movie. And then found <laughs> my own notes and was like, I have watched this movie. Um, 
Yeah, nobody calls the police. Evidence and that that Nick doesn't remember our episodes two seconds after recording them. I have the brain capacity of a goldfish, unfortunately. Yes. It's due to the temperature that I'm usually listening to podcasts in, which is hot. Um, the Even when I'm working on a freezer. Um, can you be cold and sweaty at the same time? Yes, yes. you can. Uh, the, yeah, the point I was going to make is like, even when people go to the police, which, well, he's not police, he's TSA, which mm-hmm. is a form of government security, um, not part of the military, but definitely part of, like, the the overarching branch of, because it's all very complicated, because it's American. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the little, I don't know if there were jabs, but, like, because originally... At the time of the forming of the TSA, it was a bit incompetent because it was just so forcefully done so quickly. Like, the, you, you think about what happened after 9-11 and 2001 and yeah, how many... after Kermit. Yeah, after Kermit wished never to be born. Um, and, no, no, no. If Kermit wished never to oh, be born, yeah, then sorry, the yeah, 9-11 yes, didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So after Kermit the Frog caused 9-11, then... Well, something Kermit did, butterfly effect, into yeah. 9-11... Um, but my point being is, you know, there was a lot of rush and there were a lot of investigations, like people accusing of stealing stuff and like what happened recently, I saw a video on it was some dude like stole back his iPods because like from a TSA agent, because he had to like track where my iPods are. And there was a person like drinking, like getting a Coke in one of the like airport. I'm wondering how any of this is connected to the movie. Because his best friend's a TSA agent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you started off a sentence and then and then split off from that sentence into this rant about TSA, and I don't know where you were going with the original sentence. Because they have no jurisdiction outside of an airport. Okay. So I believe it was a a, a short, like a little jab at the TSA. Because he could have been like a mall cop. You believe or... what? What was a jab at the TSA? his best friend's dialogue where he's like in the office talking, telling the police about his Chris being missing and he's like oh you know you're a detective I'm TSA we're basically the same in fact you know sometimes we deal with terrorism so we we know some more things than you guys do Mm -hmm. and the cops will just like laugh at him yeah yeah that was that you know if he'd been a mall cop if he'd been like a security guard if he'd been like something along those lines I just think it was like they could have picked a thousand different, like, almost police, almost military, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And I just find it funny that it was TSA. Okay. Because you never actually see him in an airport. You see him, like, outside an airport. Yeah, but you never yeah. see him in, like I just said, you never see him inside yeah. an airport doing his job. I was surprised like... that he has, like, a police car with lights on it that says airport on the side. Yeah. It's, he's got, like, the actual, like, I don't think siren. those are supposed to leave the airport. <laughs> I think there's I was just supposed, like, is that like I think normal? they're allowed to do, like I think there's like a boundary line. Yeah. Then like in the middle of friggin' nowhere, it takes me like an entire afternoon to get there. Yeah, here's here's while we're on the topic of Rod, I'm, I I want to pitch something. Rod, is donkey. Thoughts. Um, okay. Do you agree? No. You don't think Rod is Donkey? You don't no. think Rod and Donkey are the same characters? No, because I have an issue with with um, people of colour being turned into animals. <laughs> 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 not uh, again. Not again. Um, no, I, I get it. He's he's the, the lovable best friend who's kind of left behind, but the story's not about him, but he's like key and crucial to like a bunch of pieces yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. he does the play the same bit of a comic relief yeah he does play the, the that still, part yeah yeah while still being in it to rescue and stuff there's also like parallels between um rod coming to to rescue chris at the end of the movie and um because he's after you know loses contact and then he finds out where he is and or roughly where he is and goes towards him and uh in track two when Shrek and Donkey and Puss are being arrested and then they're on the like the the equivalent of cops. Yeah. And knights. Uh, knights, yeah. yeah. And um you get like 
the three little pigs and Pinocchio and the gingerbread man and the 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 wolf all the big bad wolf all watching the TV and then they go and rescue them. Yeah. So in both films, there's like friends who were not near them who were like back at their home place who realize that they're in trouble and ditch everything to go save them. Yeah. Which I think is cool and also more evidence that they're the same movie. Can I just say, because we've, we've gone past the part where anybody can not accuse, accuse us of spoiling a movie we told you for multiple times not to listen to this episode without watching it first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's on you, folks. Uh, the point I was going to make is the whole family, Rose's whole family thing, yep. is super fucked up. Like, yes. that is... I can understand where um, Jordan as a writer came from because there is like this huge cultural pendulum, which he also, the, like the white people, the old white people are like, who all look very typical, very stereotypical old and white. Mm-hmm. And just, wealthy. And wealthy, yeah. Are, um, yeah, like trying to be... What's what's the there was a term used for it, um, the the Emily thing from the skit from Ken Peel, my best friend's black. Yeah, my yeah, song it's, is uh, blah, blah, blah. they're they're overcompensating for. Yeah. They're like trying really hard to prove that they're not racist. Yeah. Um. Which comes off as incredibly racist. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's a weird, like defense mechanism where they you know rather than just like act like a normal human they're still. They want so hard to be seen as not racist that they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like the dad be like, oh, my man and stuff, uh, which is actually a, a double meaning because he's actually saying like, this is my man yeah. that I'm going to cut his brain out of and whatever. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all the people like trying to be like, oh, yeah, I love Tiger Woods. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's what was the comment? When the guy was like, oh, I used to be a professional golfer, I knew Tiger, who was the best player, like, he was the best, and my response to that while we were watching is like, at golf or adultery? <laughs> but the, the, it's so weird. I'd say, if you've only watched this movie once, watch it a second time. Yeah. Because I had only seen it once before today, and watching it a second time, knowing what is going to happen, makes every single interaction that Chris has with another person terrifying yeah um because there's like there's like weird references like there's a bit where they the dad is giving him the tour of the house and he point he says like in the basement they've got black mold down there yeah and like you don't think anything of it the first time you hear it and then he's uh, like goes into the kitchen and he's like oh this was my mother's we like keep a piece of her here but they've got yeah. the woman with her his mother's brain inside her yeah in the room it's like all these like real like morbid jokes he's he's throwing at um, but then when Chris is meeting all these people at this like big event that's going on, that's like a party, but it turns out it's an auction. Silent for, auction. Yeah, it's an auction for his body. Yeah. Um, but when he's meeting people, you get like uh, the guy, the Tiger Woods guy. The reason he's asking, he's he's talking about Tiger Woods is because he he wants a black body because Tiger Woods was good good at golf and he thinks that will make him better at golf. Yeah. You know, and you have the. Um, the woman whose husband is in a wheelchair and she's like, you know, touching his biceps and stuff and saying and asking Alice, of course, because Alison, Alison is the actress's name, asking Rose, um, you know, is sex better with black men? Yeah. And it's like so uncomfortable, but she's not like, like it comes across. It's so well written because like when you're watching it the first time, it comes across as a bunch of wealthy white people who don't know how, who's not used to being around a black person and don't know how to speak to him or yeah. around him. Um, when in reality, they're trying to find out, do they want to bid on him? Yeah. And it's so creepy, but so well done. It's so good. Like, even the guy that, that isn't racist or appears to not be racist is the, the blind art dealer yeah. who's, like, talking about how much... He uh, admires his eye for photography and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Knowing what I know now, he's saying, I want those eyes. Well, he literally says that into him. And then he does say that later, yeah. yeah. But, like, the first time around, it seems like he's he's just, like, being genuine. 
Yeah, I think the the biggest mistake that the family in general make is the younger brother. Because mm. that actor, I can't remember his name. Do you have it somewhere? I did have it open. Uh, yeah, K- the, yeah, Caleb Landry Jones. Is he always name. plays scumbags. Does he? Yeah, like, um, the biggest scumbag he plays is an American maid. Okay. To the point where the 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 cocaine strug, uh, smuggling cartels blow him up. Um, I think I haven't seen him much, but he's in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is a which is a really good film. Yeah. Hmm. But he always plays like well, the things that I remember him playing, he's probably done other roles other than the typecasting I'm putting him in. Like always... Boy on Bike in No Country for Old Men. Yeah. What was that? It was his first thing. What year was that? 2007. Boy on bike. Jesus. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he always just comes off as real whiskey tango. Like, uh, for people who don't know, that means white trash. Um, just creeps. Um, yeah, American made being the, the one that sticks out of my brain. Being um, Margot Robbie's... Is it Margot Robbie? Yeah. I'm American pl- made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have watched it because it's a Tom Cruise movie. Oh, yeah, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. Yeah. Uh, well, guess what, Lisa? Tom Cruise isn't a big fan of you! I don't know. What? That would be weird. He <laughs> <laughs> knows who you are! Tom Cruise, if you're listening, join yeah. our Discord. Yeah, and... yeah exactly. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Yeah, no, no, like. Um, Casses. But I mean, I think that still works um, for you to know that he's a creep because he. He can still be a dick, but he if he's like the outlier in the family as a dick, you're just like okay, he's their the weird younger brother. Yeah. Where you because know, the rest of the family are kind of like rolling their eyes at him. Yeah. So it doesn't come across at all and like that. Like, can I just say that like Alison Williams is amazing in this movie playing Rose. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah, her ability to go from like happy jovial or scared to like complete stonewall is amazing yeah so they she was told to play it as two characters yeah well Um, it makes sense because she is basically playing two roles she's literally acting within acting yeah because they needed for the whole film to work we as an audience need to believe that she is on Chris's side yeah, and that she, and that they are in love at the beginning and that it's a genuine relationship and, you know, like that she doesn't realize what's going on. Um, so that that moment where she just switches is like terrifying. You suddenly go like, Oh, he, this is four against one all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and it's so scary. Like it's, but she's so good at it. Um, and I think from what I read, like even Jordan Peele was like impressed and kind of scared by her ability to, because he knew he had asked her to play it as two characters, which he's really good at. But there's the moment where she's on the phone to Rod. Oh, that whole and sequence she is amazing. Sounds exactly like because he he said to play it as Rose and Roro, so Rose, the actual nice person, and then Roro, the told sociopath. Yeah. Uh, but if he was saying like she, sounds like Rose and she sounds genuine and she sounds like the person that Rod knows but she's sitting there looking totally emotionless and like her mannerisms are totally different yeah. as Roro and it's like it's stunning acting yeah it's so good he also apparently she was cast because Jordan Peele described her as um seeming like someone you would have had a crush on at summer camp, summer camp once upon a time and then never saw again, and that seemed like the right person for the uh, the role that she's supposed to play. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very... The whole concept's super dark. Um, yes. And, True. like, again, the massive racist subtones, like, just brilliant writing. Um, yeah, because there's even like the bit with the cop at the beginning. Yeah. They hit a deer and a police officer shows up and the police officer wants to see, because he is a bit racist. Um, I say that as if other people aren't. They're like very racist, but he, he's, yeah. he's racist as well, but not involved in the whole thing. And he wants to see Chris's ID and license, even though he wasn't the one driving. 
And Rose, like, appears to stand up for him. Yeah, but she's trying to cover it up so the cop doesn't have a record of him going up there. Exactly. If, yeah. the, if the cop has a record of his ID being scanned at that location, then they know that's where he is when he's reported missing. Yeah. It's like, it's just per- everything about the movie is perfect. Yeah. There's no, I can't fault it. There's nothing wrong with this movie. Can you think of things that are wrong with the movie? No. Um... Again, like I said, when I think when the movie, oh, and when the, yeah, no, when the movie ended, um, you can tell one that a person of color and a comedian wrote it mm. because the dialogue is so pithy and quick and it's just boom, 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 yeah. like, because it's the interaction. And I think um, the probably the most um, memed version of that is uh, in Ant Man. And mm-hmm. his ride back from prison. Yeah. And it's just like going over, like, you know, it's been 10,000 memes have been made out of it, but it's that, that same, same lead up information of like giving you a bunch of information all at once. Yeah. But it not being coming across as like, oh, the writer's really shit, they're doing their job, they don't yeah. know, you know. And it's not the opposite, which is my personal favourite, the opposite of that, which is in Gremlins, when she tells... Um, when she talks about her dad, dad dying in the yeah. chimney, and then they just and like move never on. Never mentioned yeah, again. Yeah, you're like, what the? F- like, this yeah, is we, a kids movie. Yeah, my guys. dad went missing, and then we found his body in the chimney days later. Or yeah, weeks that's later, why I don't like Christmas. It's like <laughs> uh, the town's being eaten by gremlins. Like, I think you need to talk to somebody. Wait, this is the '80s. No one talked to anybody. You just reverted to alcoholism. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's you're right. It's it's like the perfect level of exposition without being without seeming like exposition. Like I think the closest um, to that would be Edgar Wright's lead mm. up because every lead up has a punchline, and it like it has is more atmospheric and cinematography related mm-hmm. than just having the like the perfect example of like the ending sequence and the cop turning up and him being, Chris just being like, well, I'm going to fucking go to jail. Yeah, oh, nor be shot. Yeah, Because it looks like he's murdered all these people and he's the black man standing over this white woman who's dying. So he's instantly the In the middle of this, like, very white neighbourhood. Yeah. um, When he's been dealing with racism for the entirety of the movie. And then it turns out it's Rod and his... I feel like... I didn't see this movie in cinema... But I wish I had, because I feel like people would have, like, cheered when the door opens and you see airport on it. Like, I sitting in in our living room, I wanted to cheer for it, even though I've already seen the movie. Um, that moment where, like, because, you know, the cop car pulls up and he's like, well, I'm done for now. And he stands up and puts his hands up. And the uh, the door opens and it just says airport. And it's just like, yes. And then Rod's like, Chris? And he's just like, Rod? <laughs> I also thought that Rod, like, knew something was up the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was suspicious, like, before they even went. The the parallels between the three of them um, and the same dynamic doesn't work out the same way. In Shrek? No, I was going to say uh, Tusk. Oh. Because when he goes missing, they don't give a shit, but that's because Haley Joel Osmond is um, literally, like, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, um, I'm, be, I'm sleeping ten- with his yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, he's yeah. sleeping with his girlfriend until he turns into a walrus. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, yeah, the, there's spoilers for Tusk. <laughs> um, is man, truly a walrus at heart. The answer is no. You're a crazy person. Uh, stop sewing people into walruses. Uh, <laughs> it's a great movie. The yeah, there isn't such a a, a like. I don't know, Prince Charming doesn't really fit any of the archetypes because obviously he's the one that's going to be replacing him. So character-wise, if you're like recasting the same plot line as Get Out with the Shrek characters. Well, the, the big, I big guess difference between Prince them... Prince Charming is the blind The blind dude. man. Yeah. The, the big, big difference between the two movies. There's only one real difference. Magic. No. The one real difference between these two movies is that Fiona is actually on Shrek's side, whereas Rose is never on. True. On Chris's side in real in 
reality in that movie. So Fiona is actually in love with Shrek and actually wants to be with Shrek and actually, you know, is not, you the, know. The issue that I actually have now that you bring that up, right, you said earlier, um, there's audio evidence of it that Shrek 2 is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. She is in Shrek 1. She's supposed to be the damsel in distress archetype character. Yeah. And it turns out she's not, and she's a badass. Yeah. The problem I have with Shrek 2, mm-hmm. I know you look very distressed, but I'm just going to delay. Just, well, you just haven't said it yet, so okay. I don't know what it is. Okay. You're okay. delaying for no reason. I'm delaying Tell for me. dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she's sidelined in this movie, and I don't think it's fair. Because one, she gets transformed out of her body that she would have been capable of, and because like... They've just come from their, from their holy moon. She would have been, um, like, I'm not going to emphasize audibly what I'm implying, but I'm implying that she would have been used to her ogre body um, and being thrown back into her human body would have been a bit jarring. Yeah, which she reacts to it by screaming. Yeah. Um. She's a badass in both, though. But she was, but she is used to it in the sense that she used to change between them yeah, every night. Yeah, but I'm implying that her character development is very sidelined in this movie. Like she basically has none. She's just like a, I wouldn't say an object, but I'm just saying like she's just part of the plot without being. It's interesting because we start off the movie with her backstory, which yeah. we don't actually get in the first movie. Yeah. The first movie is very much Shrek focused. Um, and then there's the development of the relationship. Whereas the second movie, this, you know, this movie starts off with, here's an explanation of how Fiona got there. And then it's like, you know, we meet her parents and get to see what her upbringing was like, what she was told about what her life would be as a child, what her parents had planned for her, you know. And then how she thought her life would be as a child as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you, you know, you get the real glimpses of what way she was brought up like in with all this um you know because she is a princess and yeah. they had like and there's no real mention of her family in the first film yeah um but in this one you know not only do you meet her family but you get to see like the fact that you know now that she's married they throw her like a wedding ball and they have all these celebrities showing up to it and things like that um and it's you realize that, like, as a child, she did grow up in this super wealthy, super well-known family because she was literally royalty. Yeah. Um, and then she's had to go and learn to become independent because she's been just left in a tower for, I don't know, how, 15, 10 years? I don't know how long it's supposed to have been. Is, he, is she supposed to be 18 in the first one? Well, I don't know. Shrek's 30, so... Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, hopefully she's older than 18 then. Because there's that meme that it's just like, um, guys, just remember when you're feeling down, Shrek didn't have his first relationship until he was 30. And then the response <laughs> is, well, unlike Shrek, I'm not sexy as fuck. Because I wonder what age... Because clearly what we find out from this film is that Prince Charming has been like... Groomed, groomed. Yeah, groomed his whole stealing life. Stealing the kingdom. Yeah, but he's been groomed his whole life into knowing, like, you are going to go and rescue her from this tower. So, um, she's old enough when she is put there that she has, like, written diaries. She's been, you know, she's got, wanting to go and sleepovers with people or whatever. And, you know, I'd, so I'd say at least 10 years old. 10, 10 to 12, maybe, when she's put in the, in the tower. I wonder if that's actually in her character backstory. You know, continue on. Might be. Um, yeah, because I'm just going to, I'm just going to rant about guessing ages. But I would have thought that, you know, Prince Charming going to get her would have been on, like, you know, when she's 18 or when she's 21 or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that would have been the times they would have planned because they wanted to be a a storybook, basically. They wanted yeah. to come up... Because she's from the land of Far, Far Away. Um, the, or, you know, the kingdom of Far, Far Away. And it's all about, you know, Prince Charming's mother is the fairy godmother. Um, whose name is Dame of Fortuna. So she's Lady Luck. And... Um, 
Yeah, so, like, it wouldn't make sense for him to be waiting for her to be 30? Yeah. I don't think. Is there anything? Doesn't have an age? Uh, Ogre by Night, Parents, Empowered Warrior, and Shrek Ever After. Um, first appearance in 1990, no. <laughs> 35 years old, apparently. How did you find that so quickly? I just Googled it. Oh, did you? Oh, right. Okay. But that is in Shrek the Third. She's 35 years old. Um, so how many years between... I don't know, because in Shrek the Third, she's uh, pregnant. Okay. Um, okay, it says she's in her late 20s in the first film. Okay. Is that right? So maybe she left it like, I don't know, it was the olden days, and I'm not going to... Most fairy tales come oh, no, out of Germany on. and... Sorry, no, so she... All right, okay, here we go. She was... Oh, this is from Shrek the Musical, so I'm not sure if it's <laughs> canon... In the Shrek films. But according to Shrek the musical, she was imprisoned when she was seven years old. She spent at least 16 years in the tower. Shrek rescued her when she was 23. So if she's 23 and he's 30... It's not as bad as Woody Allen. I was going to say it's the same age gap as um, my as my brother and brother-in-law. I think. Is that right, yeah? 20, yeah, there's seven-year yeah. gap. Um, yeah, so that would, that could make sense, 23 and 30. No, you look at any relationship with your BFF, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, if Shrek was, topical folks? if Shrek still... was like Leo DiCaprio, then him and Fiona would only lasted two years. Because True. Leo DiCaprio breaks up with them when they're 25. Yeah. Because they're no good after that. For what? I don't know. Sucking their blood out while they sleep to regain his youth. Yeah, maybe that's it. That sounds about right. You know, it's it's funny because people talk about, um, you know, why do actors, you know, millionaire actors look so much younger than their counterparts did in the 80s. And it's like, well, that's because, like, the characters in the eight, like, the actors in the 80s and 70s, like, ate a carton of cigarettes every day and never drank water. And it really showed. What, what are you looking at now? I'm just thinking, if she's supposed to be 35 in Trek the Third, that means 12 years have passed between the movies, and that doesn't seem right. Because I feel like, you know, it's been less than a year from the beginning of Shrek to when they get married, and then they go straight from that into Shrek 2 because they've come straight from their honeymoon. And I, I don't think there's a big gap between Trek 2 and Trek the Third, from what I remember. So it just doesn't seem right. So I think maybe it's more... So in Shrek Forever After, she's 38, apparently. So I'd say it's probably more accurate that she's in her late 30s. Or late, sorry, late 20s in the first Shrek movie. So she's probably maybe 30 in Shrek 2. But then why would Prince Charming have waited until she's 30? If she's 23, maybe he was waiting until she's 25. Or maybe there's been two years between. We'll never know. If you're listening, DreamWorks, can you answer <laughs> all of those questions by joining our Discord? It's in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want some? Do you want to get out trivia? We got we got some stuff. Oh yeah, I've got plenty of trivia. You want to go into trivia? Yeah, well, there's probably no comparison of money. I can compare money. You can compare money, but I'm saying that these animated movies just make bank. Yeah, because Shrek Two was the highest grossing movie of 2004. That's crazy. I, not why, not animated movie, highest grossing yeah, yeah. movie. While, while it also, at the time it was released, it was, I think, the highest gross, grossing animated movie of all time, but now it is number 15, I think, on the list of highest grossing animated movies. Um, but National Treasure came out that year. You love National Treasure. I do love National Treasure. I also love Shrek 2, though. This beat up Prisons of Azkaban? Well, yeah, that would make sense. Shrek 2. Okay. What are you talking about? I went to see... I was at the Irish premiere of Shrek 2. And I was at a like a party before with, with people from my dad's office where they played the original Shrek. And then we went into the cinema and watched the premiere of Shrek 2. And I got to wear a, a dress and I felt very fancy and posh that I was at the Irish premiere of Shrek 2. I felt like I was like a real special person. I was 
13 years old. It oh, was that's very close. absolute bullshit. I freaking hate. Sorry, continue. What is bullshit that I was? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. IMDb making me pay money to see the box offices of Incredibles. Also okay. came out in 2004. Uh, the numbers is the website that I would normally use for uh, okay. for box offices if you want. Anyway, um, so the budget for Shrek 2 was 150 million dollars. Yeah, that makes sense. The animated movies. And it made. Nine hundred and twenty nine million dollars. Jesus. That's not in just adjusted for inflation, by the way. I think that's the what it made at the time. Um, Take that, DC. Yeah. Uh, whereas Get Out, the budget was four point five million dollars, which is small budget as films go, but it's still a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and the box office was two hundred and fifty six million. So hypothetically. If we're going by percentages, mm-hmm. Get Out made more money. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. By a long shot. Yeah. Yeah. By percentages. Yeah. But not by actual money. Yeah. Well, if your movie cost a dollar to make and it made 10 million, 10 grand, it works out way better. No, I mean, it's still less money that they made. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it's about profit margin. But the margin, not the actual physical amount. Okay. Um, anyway, trivia-wise, trivia um, apparently an, one of the initial story concepts was that um, Fiona's father was going to be naked for the entire movie. Um, How would you get that past the censor? I don't know, but it was going to be like a... It was going to be like a... He was going to be the, the emperor from the emperor's new clothes. Not the captain from... Um, so long with thanks for all the fish. No. The emperor from the is he's it's all they're all fairy tale creatures. Yeah. So the initial concept was going to be that he was the emperor from the emperor's new clothes, where okay. where he's naked all the time and he's been told that he's wearing clothes that other people can see and he can't. You know that whole fairy tale? No. Yeah, and I, no I know one, the concept. No one wants to tell him because he's the emperor. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to do that whole thing. Uh, but instead, obviously, they went with the uh, the frog that became a prince. Yeah. Um, as you do. Um, they had to create a whole new computer animation program to to do puss in boots. Uh, puss in boots fur. It makes sense because it is fur is very complicated. Yeah, I mean that's it's funny how often you hear about new, uh, like advances in animation based on hair. Because they did it, they made new technology for the Incredibles so that they could do the kids' hair wet when they're in yeah. the, that water sequence. And then they made new technology again for um, Brave, for Merida's curly hair. It's, so it seems to be quite often that animated animation um, software is developed literally to be able to make hair. It yeah, because like be you always... have a thousand uses for like water and smoke and fire effects. Like those yeah. are used in... Like, multiple different... I think they did one for Tangled as well, because her hair, like, moving, does, like, weird stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, like, hair is... Hair is weird. Yep. Because we can't all have PlayStation 1 physics here, where it's just a block with a Mm. texture over the top of it. And speaking of that, Shrek's face has 218 working muscles in it. I think that's more than I have normally. That's, uh, That's why he's so expressive. Okay. Because the the CGI Shrek face has got two hundred and eighteen. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. So if if Shrek's face is so expressive, mm-hmm. why isn't Cat in the Hat look like a demon? And that's actual Mike Myers, because he has no face. He's he's just like got the same. Like Jim Carrey. He's and, and, not. He's though it's just his yeah I know but that's what I'm saying why is because his he's face less why muscles his... than Shrek face how how is his face less face than Shrek because they've given Shrek so many face muscles how many muscles are in a real human face probably hundreds Connor answer the question I've just googled it but in a stupid way it says over two dozen on each side 
How many sides to a face? <laughs> but so if wait, you have two faces, that means you have four sides. I assume that means we we only have about sixty muscles in there, whereas Shrek has two hundred and eighteen. He's got so many. He's got such a strong face. Yeah. So strong. What a muscly face. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was the first <laughs> first movie ever to have a release of over four thousand cinemas in the U.S. That's a lot of cinemas. Yeah. Um, what else about it? I don't know. Get it, out. The production for it began before they finished produce before they finished making Shrek. The, the, literally, people have talked about the fact that the people that starred in Avatar don't even remember starring in Avatar because the live action shit was filmed like thirteen years ago. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so they started making Shrek two before they finished making Shrek. So when Shrek came out in cinemas, they were able to be like, oh, we already have a sequel in production. So it's just as well the first Shrek did well, because otherwise mm, that would have been bad. But Shrek 2 did better than Shrek. Right. In cinemas. As I said, because it was the highest grossing animated film of all time at the time that it was released. Um, Get Out. There was, there's so much trivia about Get Out, I've had to like really cut it down. Um... I talked about the initial idea being inspired by Eddie Murphy stand-up, but they also considered, uh, they originally chose Eddie Murphy to play Chris, and then they changed their mind because they thought he was too old. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, also, someone someone asked Jordan Peele um, on Twitter if, it's a, if Get Out is a Christmas movie, which I thought was funny because it is Christmas week when we're actually recording this. Um, and he said yes. He said... Let's see, there's a man with a white beard, multiple deer, a fireplace, a bunch of snowflakes, and a guy named Chris going down a dark hole. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> so, you heard it here. It's officially a Christmas movie. Uh, it is also the... Well, I don't know, I haven't checked if this is, if it's been um, surpassed in the meantime, but as of 2017, it was the highest grossing debut film based on an original screenplay. Alright. Um, the... Some people theorize that it's a sequel to being John Malkovich, but Jordan Peele says no, it's not. But I like that that theory that it's in the same world as being John Malkovich. That like they've used the John Malkovich sort of like. Thing. Yeah, the. Because also Catherine Keener's in both. Hmm, it's I like the linking, but yeah, yeah, continue. Um. So the old home video they have that explains the procedure, the coagula procedure, yeah, uh, was not in the original script. Okay. Um, they had actually planned to just force Chris to listen to the James Taylor song "You've Got a Friend" on repeat for hours. Yeah. Um, but the budget wouldn't stretch far enough to get the rights to the song. Fair. So they added this scene instead. Um. And Jordan Peele said he liked it because it reminded him of the uh, the Dharma Initiative videos in Lost, where there where there's like these like old videos explaining the weird shit that they're doing on that island without really explaining anything. Yeah. Um. And uh, also the the scene from the Matrix where Morpheus is telling Neo just very directly what's actually going on. Yeah. Um. But he said that like. He later said that like he was really happy they made the decision to switch to that video because suddenly you get this idea of, of going like they have this whole produced thing that they show to these people. Like how deep does this go? How long has it been going on for? You know, it, it brings a whole different sense to the world that like it's not like a once off thing or like it's something they've only done a couple of times. It's like it's so... Yeah, traditional that they've got this video. It's interesting too because, like, now that you bring that up, like when when Chris finds Rose's like weird photo collection of all the people she's kid like kidnapped. Yeah. Um, you only see three of them in the in the movie. Yeah. There's a whole bunch more in the in, in the pictures. The, in the yeah. pictures, loads more. And the other thing is that um, it's implied that her and her brother are both getting people and she does it by tricking them into thinking she's in a relationship and then bringing them home to meet the parents. Yeah. Whereas her brother goes out and kidnaps them like they did with um, yeah, um, the Keith Stanfield. Yeah. I love him. That's the first time we've mentioned him on this. Um, I'm just going to do a shout out to Sorry to Bother You. Please watch Sorry to Bother You. It's a great movie. It's so good. Unless so good. you're weirded out by certain types of movies then maybe not. 
I don't want to spoil it, though, by telling them what's in it. Yeah. It's also another movie that's very much a commentary on racism. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it's also a debut directorial, direct, uh, a directorial debut for a, for a black creator. Yeah. Um, and it stars Lakeith Stanfield, who is fantastic. And it also stars an possible actual cannibal. Uh, Army Hammer. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, trying to blow not in that. No, no, a genuinely actual cannibal Army Hammer. Yeah. Uh, and Tessa Thompson. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, everyone in that cast is spot on. Yeah, anyway, it's not the movie we're talking about, but do watch it. Um, but I just, yeah, I can't... Now, I mean, not not to typecast him, because I have seen him in other things, and he's fantastic in other things, but I do, when I see Lakeith Sanfield, I think, I'm sorry to bother you straight away. I'm like, he's so good in it. Anyway... Uh, the other note I had, um, which I wasn't necessarily going to talk about, but then you asked a question about it when we were watching the film, and I was like, oh, there is trivia on this, so I'll, I'll bring it up. Because um, you asked about the knight's helmet that's in yeah. um, that's in the, uh, it's the, the her, car. It's her brother's car. Right. It's the same car you see at the beginning. Yeah, so at the beginning you see the knight's helmet in that opening scene as well. Yeah. And then you see it in the car when he gets into it. Um, so in the DVD commentary, uh, Jordan Peele explains that he had originally created a large backstory for the Armitages and their group of friends. Uh, and they're belonging to an ancient secret society that are descended from the Knights Templar. So they're associated with the Holy Grail. Uh, they've been searching for the uh, secret to eternal life promised by the Holy Grail. And finally, they have achieved it through this coagula formula. Oh, okay. Um, so this whole thing is supposed to be like they are a secret society that's descended from the knights who were who were seeking the Holy Grail, right? Um, and they have finally found the secret to immortality, and it is stealing other people's bodies and putting your brain inside them. Makes sense to me, but I'm not a doctor. Um... If you're a doctor, let us know. If this procedure would work in real life, if, if I can, if I can cut out someone's brain, <laughs> except for the part that connects to their nervous system, and then put my brain inside it, will I live forever by doing this over and over again and keep getting, you know, younger, stronger bodies? Ask your doctor if stealing black people is right for you. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening. As a final reminder, uh, photo with an F, restore nz.com, uh, promo code it takes two, all one word for 25% off for purchases. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it takes two underscore pod or on Facebook at it takes two pod. Uh, our Discord server link will be in the show notes. It's also on our Twitter bio and um, on our website. And our website is ittakes2.co.nz. So visit us there, visit our Discord, and uh, yeah, come, come talk to us on Discord. Tell us what you think of the episode. Tell us your... Where you're from. We want to know yeah. where, you, where, where our listeners are from, because uh, being in a small, small little country in the bottom of the South Pacific, it's always nice to know where you're getting listened from, to, from, yeah. to, from, from, to. Yeah. Where are you getting listened from to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and thanks so much for listening. Take care out there. Goodbye.